Welcome to the People Like Us podcast, brought to you by PlusOneCommunity.com. The podcast to get a little bit healthier, to have a little more fun for a little while longer. Now get ready to learn something with host Gerald Mays and Chef Roberta Hagetta. Welcome everybody to the People Like Us podcast. My name is Gerald Mays and Chef Chef Roberto Higuera is not here today. He is out gallivanting in California and trying to make some awesome content with some of his chef buddies. So he was not here to make it today. But we do have a very, very special guest. And our guest for the Today Show is an interview that I had with our Plus One Community Dietitian, Crystal Petrello. Uh, Crystal and I go back way, we go way, way back. Actually, we go back to like the beginnings of our careers almost. We have worked on many, many, many different projects and I'm, uh, I'm grateful and thankful to have had her, you know, along the way and to call her my friend. Um, we talked about some, uh, some pretty awesome things in this interview, uh, mainly about diabetes, you know, with uh, diabetes awareness uh, week or day just passing. We did want to bring on someone to kind of go into detail about diabetes. Um, I ha- I've had some clients who have had diabetes and have struggled with, you know, some of the ramifications of diabetes and, you know, amongst the minority populations, um, diabetes runs rampant. So, we wanted to kind of discuss it so that you guys can, you know, get some solid understanding. And, you know, if you have any other questions, please feel free to reach out to Crystal Patrol herself at nutrition at plus one community dot com. So without further ado, I'd like to get into this interview with Crystal Patrol. What's up, everybody? I'm here with Crystal Petrillo, one of my favorite people, the plus one dietitian. I've known her for a very long time, very long time. The the inception of both of our careers. And it's uh, such a pleasure to be able to work with you again. uh, One of the many, many ventures that we have worked on in the past. Uh, Crystal, say what's up to everybody and, and, you know, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your background. Hi, I'm Crystal. I'm your dietitian. And I've been a dietitian for God too long. Long enough to know that what goes in must come out. <laughs> exactly. It better come Whether, out. And uh, yeah, that was the next thing. <laughs> if it ain't come out, that's when we got problems. So anywho, but I've been a I met Gerald, gosh, years ago, we've done a lot yeah. of nonprofit stuff together. Now it's time Absolutely. to reach the masses on the internet and, and do it this way and be able to encourage and use, use that internet thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as big of a deal back then when we started. No, no, we missed that boat. <laughs> we missed that boat. We could have been helping more people at less Absolutely. time and hopefully making more money than we are now in our careers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so how did you get started? In- the, yeah. So if anybody doesn't know the real, what I always like to start with is 
what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? A registered dietitian nutritionist has at least a four-year degree, way too much student loan debt, a one-year <laughs> full-time internship, which most of us do not get paid to do that, that we pay to get the internship. I swear it's the only medical profession that you have to actually pay to get the internship. Um, And yeah, we end up at the end with uh, sitting for boards. So four-year degree, one year, nine month to a year internship, we have to sit for our own boards. We become a registered dietitian. We have to keep up our CEUs. And then it is becoming as of, I think it's, I think it's the class starting this year, a mandatory master's program. So thankfully, seeing the writing on the wall, I got that done before I had kids also. So I also have a master's degree um, focusing Mm -hmm. on community nutrition and food insecurity. So I can talk to (laughs) everybody, but especially people who have a difficult time making ends meet. Don't we all? I think right now with everything, we're not just talking about making ends meet. It's talking about what we are today is how do we manage diabetes? How do we still not gain weight if not? lose weight, hopefully, um, when we can't make ends meet. So that that's where my heart's out. That's what I'm passionate about is managing and preventing chronic diseases on a budget. So Mm. that's why I love working with this group because the bottom line is we're helping people on a budget. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's funny too, because, uh, like I know, I don't think people really understand like how much, resources play into you know nutrition and dietetics and things like that and you know i did my master's degree final dissertation paper or whatever you want to call it it's not a dissertation because it wasn't a doctor's degree but it was my thesis and it was basically that uh poverty and obesity they ran hand in hand so if you actually line up the CDC chart for obesity on the Census Bureau's population chart, you'll actually see some huge similarities. I'm not here to say that, you know, poverty is the cause of obesity, but it is directly linked. And with those issues of obesity, we get those those obesity diseases like diabetes. And I think, you know, diabetes, it actually affects a large amount of people in various ways. And you know, I think there's a lot of information and a lot of like hoopla around diabetes as to what it really is. So, um, you know, I'm asking you, Chris, like, what is diabetes exactly? What is type? What is the difference between type one and type two? Because obviously we're going to focus on one very specific one. But what are the differences and in, in, in what is it exactly? Yeah. So type one, we used to call juvenile diabetes. Um, things have changed over the years. So basically, The idea of type one diabetes, not as many people have it. Most people who say they have diabetes, we're talking about type two diabetes. So type one diabetes, you, your pancreas essentially makes all your insulin. Insulin is the hormone in our body that goes around. I call it the door. It's the messenger. So it helps tell all your cells. It messages all your cells open up the door. This is your Amazon prime alert that says the guy's coming, give him six feet. (laughs) He's going around telling all your cells, open up, take the sugar in, take the carbohydrates in that you need to be able to live. And if you don't have enough of that, or 
or um, it, your body doesn't respond to it well. So if, if you don't have enough messengers, so your phone ain't working right to let you get the message, mm-hmm. or your door isn't opening, you, you're not getting the message in the first place, period. Then we have type two, but diabetes. So either type one diabetes, we're not making enough of the hormone messenger in the first place. Type two diabetes is when you're making the hormone, you're making insulin, but your body's not using it properly. Those cells aren't opening at a fast enough rate. You have too many cells more Mm. than what your body can handle, which is quite often. But because our body, when we say type two diabetes, there's all these different types, right? Like I'm saying, those are just kind of the two ideas. That's why different people are on different medications and on maybe sometimes several medications to help their body respond properly. Is type one preventable? The one that your pancreas doesn't make it in the first place? No, that is your pancreas doesn't work. Your pancreas doesn't work. Your heart doesn't work if your heart doesn't work. So those are things that unfortunately at this time in science, we cannot revive the pancreas. Type, so what they people with type 1 diabetes end up doing is they end up taking insulin in the form of a shot, um, usually, and checking their blood sugar and things like that to be able to survive. Type 2 diabetes is kind of threefold. We end up having to help our cells be more responsive, but also giving our um, body ways to be able to be more responsive. The, so, so really the three ways we kind of do that is we move, yeah. we meal plan and we take yes. our medications. So the three M's, can you get to the point where you're moving enough and eating right by, by meal planning enough? So you don't have to take medication. It depends. It is a progressive disease. What I mean by that is, is no matter how perfect you are at doing all of those things, let's say you get it right at the beginning when they say you have prediabetes, how perfect you are. Because it is a chronic disease, just like any other chronic disease, such as rheumatoid arthritis or something you are diagnosed with, you'll technically always have that diagnosis. Your body will progress to um, fail. Right. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, our bodies are failing objects. We're not going to live forever. Things start to break down. Things don't work as well. Can we slow down the progression though? I hope so. Cause my skin is just like, not always going to be 39 years old. So (laughs) Can we slow down the progression of diabetes and that breakdown? Absolutely. If you get diagnosed when you're in your forties with diabetes, can you live till you're 90 years old and eventually be off medication? Yes. Depends on the person though. So what I really like to say with diabetes is let's get those three M's all where they need to be in your life and your lifestyle. Cause it's going to be different for everybody. Do the best you can where you can write your goals, stay motivated. Maybe that should be the fourth M motivation. You need that (laughs) motivation because it's hard. Any chronic disease is hard. I have a chronic disease and it, and it's just like, this was, this was my thorn in the side. This Mm -hmm. was the thing that was always going to either slow me down and have as a, as a Christian, have God showing me like 
Crystal, remember, I got this. You can't do it all on your own. <laughs> so we need that motivation. We need, we need um, all, all of the M's. What are ways then that we kind of go into that and, and looking at the, I don't want to talk about the medication. That's up to your doctor. Um, yeah. I, I really try not to talk about that. Just knowing that different people are going to be on different things. Can you borrow your spouse's metformin? Come on now. No. <laughs> Go get your own meds. You're pre-diabetic. You're taking your own med. What? What's happening? <laughs> so the other is move. You, you got that covered. We got that Absolutely. covered on, on the site. It's awesome. This is what I love about what we're doing. Muscle. So not just losing the weight. So we're decreasing the amount of cells that our insulin needs to be effective in. But we're increasing the muscle mass. So by increasing the muscle mass and doing the type of circuit training we do and having those strength days, what's happening is it helps your body more efficiently use the sugar. And when I say sugar, I mean any form of sugar that your body's going to break down to the basic form of glucose. That can be um, specifically, I want you eating fruit. I want you eating good dairy. And then um, if you eat a whole lot of vegetables, that's what it's going to yeah. be converted to. So it helps your body use more efficiently your carbohydrates with that insulin if you have more muscle. So lose weight, build muscle. Oh, sorry. My battery just said, I hate you. We have 10%. We're going to be fine. <laughs> You'll cut that part out. So we're building muscle and we're losing the fat weight, even though our weight may not change too much at first. That's where I usually run at. I Bless my, my little old curvy heart. I bulk up like crazy. So I might actually gain weight in my first six weeks or so of going back on a program, but my body is shifting. I'm seeing my waist get smaller, which yeah, we also exactly. know is another indication of um, heart disease. And the, one of the things that kind of goes into me metabolic syndrome is diabetes and that heart disease. So changing that waist. Right. Yeah, so uh, body, body composition, over. body composition changes are, are way more important than what the, the scale says. There's so many variables as to why that scale would change from day to day. And it could literally be like more salt last night than you did Taking you know, a before. Big after a it could weekend, be a poop. Man. It could be, it could be, <laughs> it could be a heavy training week and you have a little bit of inflammation. So you're retaining water. It's just Absolutely. so many variables. So body composition change is always going to be the metric that you should utilize first before you get to pounds on the, the scale. scale and how you feel. I think this is huge, especially for women, um, because our hormones seem to fluctuate a lot more, especially as we get older. Mm -hmm. So I am never going to be the 155 pounds that I was in high school when I was training, but do I feel great? Um, no, I don't feel great right now. You know why? Cause COVID and you know why? Cause COVID, but I know I'm going to get back there and we're all going to get back there because we're going to move our butts and it's going to be spring outside and we're going to get to take off those masks and we're going to start eating better and we're going to start doing this program, <laughs> getting the, getting the eating back on track. Um, I have, I have never emotionally ate more any other time in my life than I have in the past year. And I also had a baby. Did I lose weight after baby? Yeah, but I gained it back six months later. I, <laughs> I right now, I right now I'm at my post post baby weight. Ooh. 
So anyways, we'll get there. We'll get there. And I'm so actually training for a triathlon right now. So I, I got a race coming up on the 22nd of May. So that's awesome. That. So I'm, I'm, I will, I'm knee deep in the game right now. I will root you on. <laughs> I will watch. And that is not my gig. I am like <laughs> basement workout with Gerald and out. Absolutely. <sighs> I got two so, little ones. I just got to get it done sometimes. Absolutely. I think that's, and that's also like just to kind of segue, like that's, that's the beauty of our program too, that it doesn't require a lot of time. You know, 20 minutes right. is the minimum. So, and you can get that done. And, and as, as it pertains to diabetes, like I think some of the misconceptions for maintenance of any type of disease is that it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to do these very small, basic things to get ahead of some of these progressive diseases like diabetes. You don't need to train two, three hours a day and only eat salads where there, there is a balance. So what what would your recommendations be for, for some of those, 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 uh, maintenance efforts? Take your medicine first. That's the easiest, right? Take, take your medicine. If you're not taking your medicine and you think you're just going to change your lifestyle overnight, no, it takes at least five years. You are having issues in your body and ramifications at least five years before you're finally diagnosed with diabetes. So you starting to not take your meds and think it's going to be changed with lifestyle. No, take your meds. And just take one day at a time. So choose a goal a week. And if you really want to attack, let's say you're going to spend 10 minutes a day just going for a walk. That's it. Just take 10 minutes. You don't got to walk a mile. You, mm-hmm. if, if all you can do is walk, just walk 10, yeah. mi- 10 minutes. If all you can do is at the slowest progression that Gerald is offering, do it. Cause it's better than you were yesterday. Absolutely. And if there's one thing you can change in your diet today, it's add a vegetable. I'm not telling you to take away anything. Mm-hmm. I, we are asking you to add things to your life because as you add these things to your life, the things that you know, you shouldn't be doing. I'm preaching to the choir with everybody. Everybody knows oh, we yeah. shouldn't be eating Absolutely. too much sweets. We shouldn't Absolutely. be eating too much sugar. We don't need to dessert after every dinner. We, we just need to move our bodies. So let's move our bodies and add one thing. And then as we add those good things, our, our potential to then push away the things we know that are not as good for us will increase because our resilience is there to say, you know what? I did something really great for myself today. I worked out today. It's not that I deserve the cookie. Yes, I deserve the cookie, but I also deserve a longer life. I also deserve to be able to do my activities of daily living, bathe, shower, not have to go on dialysis, um, feel my appendages, all these other things that can happen if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't take care of diabetes. I've worked in long-term healthcare and rehab for so long that I'm just like, it wouldn't have been easy but it would have been a lot harder than it is for you. It would have been a, it wouldn't have been easy, but it would have been a lot easier than it is right now for you to walk down the hallway with a walker because you just got something amputated. Mm-hmm. 
dialysis is a lifesaver, but I'm going to be honest, it sucks. Oh, yeah. Your life revolves around it. And you can have a great life and you can be positive and you can be awesome. But three days a week, you're sitting in a chair in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night for hours. Bluetooth speakers. We're jamming. Bluetooth speakers. Jamming. You know what? Siri and Alexa, I have an effect on them. I do. <laughs> Somehow the worries that I say things sometimes, they're just like, oh, we should play baby shark and get your child all riled up. Sure. Why not? Why not? She's right. Obs- she's obsessed with going on a bear hunt right now. Oh my God. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I love, love this just, age. The, yeah. That, that thing just started playing music, which is kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I, th- I, th- I think what, what, like what you were saying too, is that like, there's a lot of stacking of healthy behaviors. So when I was teaching uh, like smoking cessation programs, right, Um, we would find that when a person embarked on quitting smoking, they also embarked on doing other healthy things like exercising more, eating better, because you almost feel, I guess, in a very rudimentary way of explaining, you almost feel like you don't want this effort to be the waste. So let's do more things. Like, so I'm quitting smoking. I probably should take a look at how I'm eating it. If I'm exercising or moving, you know, if I'm getting better sleep, you know, if I'm treating myself better in general, you know. Right. So, so I like the concept of stacking healthy behaviors. They don't have to be a lot because those behaviors can be progressive over time. Right. You know, right. it doesn't have to be get directly into, you know, an hour's worth of workout. If all you have is 10 minutes, then utilize those 10 minutes to the best of your benefit because it it it, it does matter. Right. Uh, but and I think people say, go ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, people say you'll get addicted. Um, about five minutes in, you're like addicted to what? Uh-huh. Right. What the part I get addicted to is how good I feel the next day, mm-hmm. how I'm in the shower. And I'm like, I got that. Mm-hmm. You know, I did that extra push up. I mean, for me, the progression sometimes is like, I did 10 push ups yesterday. I did 12 today. I mean, it can be that small, but you're at least getting better. Cause if you're not getting better, you are moving backward. And here's why I can say this for what we do. We go back into those bad habits. We feel like crap mentally Mm. because of it. And we literally lose muscle. Mm. So the more we've been sitting here during COVID and not doing anything and eating what we shouldn't be doing, we've been losing muscle. So we're not only gaining weight, we're losing muscle. So we got to get back into it, man. And, and that, and that is society-wide, not just for, for people with diabetes, but, um, prevention of diabetes. So, uh, prevention of diabetes is going to be the same behaviors as when you have it. What I should eat fruits and vegetables and whole grains and lean meats and work out. (laughs) The only difference is no meds. So Mm. all that stuff. So this is why it hurts when you're first diagnosed with diabetes. This is why it sucks. Cause a lot of people, it's that that whole like change of mind of where I thought my life was going to be. Right. You can still achieve your goals and stuff, but you didn't think you were going to get diabetes. You've been trying what you thought was your best. And then all of a sudden you get diagnosed with it and you're like, man, 
you know, if I would have only done everything then, what I have to do now. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, change your lifestyle for the positive of you. And people say a long life. What's a long life if you can't wipe your own butt? Exactly. So I, I say a long life, but a long, healthy, vibrant life. Absolutely. So. I, I agree with that 100%. There are some like weird things as it pertains to like diabetes. You know, like I'm obviously, if you look at watching this on YouTube, I'm obviously black. So I have. <laughs> and I, I have obviously way too. <laughs> not it's, not it's, like Gerald. It's, it's funny too, because like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of weird like descriptions of diabetes in the black community like for the longest I've heard a few I've, of them but you got to throw this out there i'm interested for the longest like i never even knew it was called diabetes it's the sugar it's the sugar I, that's all i knew it was called the sugar and like the way it was described was that if you ate too much sugar then your blood turns to syrup almost and that's basically diabetes and that's why the mosquitoes and the bees like you, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> your sugar's too sweet. Your blood's too sweet. You exactly. must have the diabetes. Exactly. Giving me sweet too. Exactly. Oh yeah, I've I. That's the one of the main ones I've heard. And one of my girlfriends worked in. Uh, she was a doctor, and she worked down south. And um, this is just a general southern thing. She said macaroni was somehow like macaroni salad was somehow considered a vegetable. She's like, no, that's a side. Vegetable is different than a side. So I yeah, thought exactly. that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, uh, as it pertains to, to to diabetes and some of the the myths that are out there, right? Like what are some of the most common ones that you, that you know about that we can debunk right here? Okay. So one of them is, is if you're fat, you got diabetes. No, I have met 400 pound plus people that don't have diabetes. I've met people a little overweight that are diagnosed with diabetes. Um, So yes, there is a correlation to obesity, But it all depends, you know, we don't know why does that switch of your body not functioning the way it should? When does that turn on? And that's Mm -hmm. genetics too, that, that might be environment. There's all these different factors that kind of play into that. So just because you're obese doesn't mean you have diabetes just because you're a little overweight doesn't mean you can't get diabetes. Um, so there's that, let me think what's another one. Um, Is your blood sweet? Technically it is. So what happens is that's actually, I think I'd have to look this up. We got to look this up, (laughs) but um, I think that's actually how they figured out that. So the sugar, your carbohydrates aren't going in their cells. I think that's how the guy originally found. Nope. We're going to cut that part out. Never mind. Um, (laughs) So your, your blood, when they say your blood is sweet, yes, your blood is sweet. I ain't going to taste it. But, um, they say your blood is sweet because that sugar is not getting into your cells. We do know if your blood sugar is consistently high, when you have first diagnosed, you crave water because your body is like, you can't get enough of it. Right. Um, your body is trying to what we in simple terms say, thin out your blood. When Mm -hmm. your body has a certain concentration, it doesn't like it wants water. It doesn't want water. And, um, so that's one of the, one of the things that we end up saying, so it's sweet, but I ain't going to taste it. Um, we know there's a higher concentration of sugar. 
no bees are not going to like you and mosquitoes aren't going to like you. They're just vampires. They don't care. <laughs> um, let me see if I got another one. Miss. Will you absolutely lose your limbs? No. Um, you will not absolutely lose your limbs. You are not absolutely going to be on dialysis. Your life is not over. Are you, you going to manage little- your diabetes? You can actually lose limbs, right? And like, is right. And what is that mechanism like? So, like, I had a friend of mine who had a they call I guess a diabetes sore, mm-hmm. and it was on the bottom of his foot, and it yeah. was there for like eight months. Yeah. So. We have all these billions of bugs that are naturally occurring in our body and they love sugar. And if you keep your blood real sugary, they're just going to grow and grow. And what happens is, is we get you and I, because as far as I know, you don't have diabetes. You would have shared that with me. We get, we step on something, we get a cut or whatever, and it heals up. There's more of an opportunity for that wound to not heal up and to get an infection and to have problems when you have unmanaged diabetes. Mm. Okay. If it continues to take that long to heal up, which we know it will take too long, it can grow. It can get in the sense of size. It can get really bad infections like gangrene. And if it gets to the point that we call it necrotic, that your skin is being decomposed. Yeah, that means it's dying away, right? By this bacteria. Yeah, you die. That appendage is dying. We remove it because you cut it off at where it is. Instead of it losing the whole leg, you lose your foot. Yeah. Now, that's nice. Modern medicine does that, but that stinks. Yeah. And tell me how much our insurance policies are going to just pay for new legs. You know, you see these military people with these fantastic legs, which are great. You ain't going to get that. Mm. You and I aren't going to get that if we weren't taking care of ourselves, exactly. even as vets. Because, it didn't, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just. It's really sad when I see that happen, because, um, yes, are there cases where it's just really crappy and it still happens? Yes, but the likelihood decreases if you're taking care of yourself. Like even diabetic comas, right? Like there's a, a diabetic coma. And what if I had a friend of mine, again, I had a friend of mine who was in a diabetic coma for quite some time. She was, and she she fit the, the stereotypes as well, right? Like she was a, you know, a, a heavier lady. She went into a diabetic coma and was, I, I want to say she was in it for a month or more. It was crazy. Yep. Uh, diabetic coma is diabetic, usually caused by diabetic ketoacidosis. So if our body is not, um, if our body is not accepting our sugar that we need, think about the opposite side where people try to go into ketosis Mm. where they're not eating sugar at all. So either way, your body is not getting This is why people who have diabetes should never even attempt doing the keto diet because it'll really push them into this. Mm -hmm. That's another myth to debunk. You have to eat carbohydrates as a human being, especially if you have diabetes. Mm. So now that that is huge, a, a, a huge debunk myth right there. 
that yeah. let's put so a pin we'll, in we'll that one. Next. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so diet, so, so the ketoacidosis and you go into a coma is when your body has so many ketones because you are using a different metabolic pathway because your body is not absorbing carbohydrates and you essentially just shut down and you go into a coma and a machine has to breathe for you and they got to get your blood sugar back up and you are set back. I mean, you lose muscle at a very fast rate when you are laying in a bed. And then no matter how great the doctors are, no matter how great the hospital is, we have the opportunity to also then get bed sores and life Mm. happens and you could, which end up causing other problems, right? Going back to those diabetic ulcers, two different types of wounds still could have problems, right? Anytime you have an opening in your body that should not be there, you're going to run into issues. So that is a big one about taking medications and making sure you're eating carbohydrates. So then let's move on to, so basically not taking care of yourself can cause going into that diabetic coma. So, so one thing before we move on, what is the point of the medication? Good one. So there's several ways or mechanisms that your body ends up um, responding to different medications. So it could be either helping encourage the pancreas to create more of that insulin. It could be helping your cells in other parts in your body and not. So it's helping your cells. So the insulin helps um, your body to, uh, tell your cells to open up, let the sugar in, let's do some good metabolism. Um, mm-hmm. some of them cause some of the medications help your pancreas to be more effective and efficient. So those are really the two, I'm going to pause here for a second. Cause like metformin, metformin is what, um, is to reduce the amount of sugar that the liver releases into the bloodstream correct i haven't we're gonna pause because i haven't dealt with this one in a long time okay so these are so the different kinds of things one of them blocks the breakdown of starches one of them slows the food moving through the stomach so Mm. that um your body has a better chance of metabolizing it and responding to it because we're slowing down the bus. (laughs) Um, Decrease the amount of glucose, like you were saying, produced by the liver. So our liver also produces glucose uh, besides what we eat, but we still need to eat it, eat glucose. Um, One of them, let's see, helps lower the blood glucose after the meal. One of them, like Genuvia and, and Anglesia is the one you've been seeing a lot um, in the, on TV right now. Um, it helps to prevent the breakdown of a compound in the body that lowers the blood glucose levels. So mm-hmm. I know that seems like a lot, but I'm getting this from the diabetes website. So I would encourage anyone, if you've got questions, ask your doctor and the American Diabetes Association has great resources. Um, another one, like I was saying, helps the cells in your pancreas help create more insulin. 
mm-hmm. encourages them to do what they do best. And let's see what else. Um, the other one is blocking the glucose for being reabsorbed and recycled in the body. So basically okay. the way they're, they're slowing down the way we are breaking down our carbohydrates and helping our body to be able to utilize it better. Mm-hmm. And there's all these different mechanisms in the body that our body do that. So all the different medications work on those. Gotcha. Okay. So when your doc, when you're on one medication, somebody else is on another medication. You don't understand why you're on more or less or whatever, why yours is expensive. It's because there's a different mechanism that your body is doing. This goes back to, yeah, it's all grouped into type two diabetes, but we all have different ways that our body has responded and created that type two diabetes issue. So here's a, here's a big question that I have. And this is like on the heels of like all of these like nutrition documentaries. Yeah. Where they cure diabetes with just a vegan diet. So the popular way of thinking, I guess, right as of right now is that being vegan is the cure for everything. It's the cure for cancer, it's the cure for a terrible marriage, it's the cure for everything. So what is your what are your thoughts? Yeah, on... it's a cure for a terrible marriage because it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating meat. We tried Tony and I did the vegan thing once. He's like, you go ahead. If I yeah. like the meal, I'll eat it, but I'm gonna enjoy my beat ups. Yeah, I remember that phase of yours, that 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 vegan phase. And then you turned, then you went to like, like one piece of red meat a month or something like that as well. Like you did yeah, like and one now steak I a like, month. I found a place that makes the best bacon I've ever had in my life. <laughs> oh my God. But so th- we do th- our meat and our higher fat meats in moderation. So anyways, vegan, you were saying vegan being the cure all end all. No, it is not. Why do I think it's great? Because most of the time we are getting our saturated fats, which here's another misnomer, diabetes isn't just because you eat a whole bunch of sugar. Mm. The creation of diabetes is from just, sometimes it's just too many calories because we're overweight and that's what flips the switch and, you know, or Mm -hmm. something else happens. I've had people, I've met people who've gone through cancer treatment and cancer treatment can mess with your body. And now you have issues with diabetes because you've had all these chemicals, which are fantastic and have saved your life. Mm -hmm. But now this is one of the side effects. But anyways, so the nice thing about vegan diets, if done properly, let's say plant-based vegan diets, because you can be vegan and I found a lot of potato chips and I have found yep. a lot of cookies out there that are macaroni vegan. and cheese, uh, macaroni salad. There you go. That's what macaroni salad. There is. There we go. There <laughs> we go. With vegan butter. Yeah, exactly. So, let's say plant-based. So you are getting your protein from um, legumes and whole grains and soybeans and tofu And sometimes you're doing beyond burgers, but really you're focusing on the plant-based aspect, not a whole bunch of fillers and replacements and all that stuff. Yeah. First of all, let's, uh, let's deal with the, are you ever going to be cured from diabetes? No. Mm. 
there is no cure. There is only management and maybe you're managing it with diet and exercise. Because if you're vegan today and in six months you decide not to be, will you eventually have to go maybe back on medication? Yes. It's not going to go away. It, there is no cure, but it is managed with diet, exercise, and medication as needed. I think that was one thing that I didn't know. I, I, the way a lot of the speech around diabetes is that it's curable and it's curable with it's. And I think what I think what you're saying is kind of how I believed it, but it's not being told in that manner. It's, right. it's kind of being told like it is cured with diet and exercise as if you if you were to diet and exercise for six months, then it goes away completely. And that's not necessarily the case, right? You're saying that you can manage it with diet and exercise, but you're always going to be susceptible to it, more susceptible Absolutely. than someone who hasn't had it if because you were if you to go stray to the, away from that path. Absolutely. Let's say you go and you break your leg tomorrow, or mm -hmm. let's say something, God forbid, catastrophic happens, that you have this huge inflammation process. Mm -hmm. Your blood sugar is going to be out of control compared to somebody who does not have diabetes. And all of a sudden you got to be on meds because blood sugar is affected by other things than just what we eat. It's affected by hormones. It's affected by stress. It's affected by um, not having enough sleep. So you're always going to have it, but can it be managed with diet, exercise, medication? And as I'm saying, all of that being lifestyle. Yes. Mm. So now that was the nugget. <laughs> the nugget. The nugget. So, so does a vegan diet help with that? Well, it depends. Is it plant-based? Let's say it's plant-based. You're eating vegan diets have a ton of carbohydrates, yeah, but they also have a ton of vitamins, minerals that our body needs in general, but the huge one is fiber. I'm not talking about net carbs. I'm not talking about all that. It has a ton of fiber. Fiber not only helps with our heart health and our body's cholesterol, it helps us feel fuller, longer, on less calories, and mm -hmm. it also helps with our insulin response because okay. even though we're eating a lot of carbohydrates from fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, our body's responding better because we're eating all that fiber. So this is why they think veganism is the end-all, be-all, cure-all. No, not necessarily. But it is, it is it great in general, the concept of having a lot more fruit and vegetables, a lot more whole grains on our plate. Absolutely. So I don't recommend for people to go all vegan. Whatever their reason is, they have multiple reasons. I did it mostly um, for the sustainability thing. Remember, my whole thing, it, my whole research is on food security. Can I buy the same amount of calories, can I purchase the same amount of health for less money? The answer was yes, but I also had to look at taste and time. So is it going to taste good with the amount of time that I have to be able to create it? All right. That's, what it, that's, so, that's Chef Roberto's like, yeah. that's his whole thing. Taste and time. It's like, we know that that like, like people like you, we know that you know all about the calories, the macros, the nutrients and everything. I else. know exactly how many calories a cookie has. And do I <laughs> eat it and know that three is going to cause me extra, little extra 
pain Sometimes. emotionally that I shouldn't. Yes. But if, <laughs> if, but if you don't have the time and if you don't make the time to sit down and do a meal plan or buy the cheap meal plan, that's why we do them. I want to help people achieve their goals. And if that means paying what I think is a nominal amount to buy those meal plans to make your life easy, absolutely. Eventually, will we have something on the site that will teach you how to do all these things? Absolutely. But shameless for now, plug. Shameless, shameless plug. plug. Uh, Crystal did make some awesome, awesome meal plans at 1,500, 2,000, and 2,500 calories that we are running a promotion for right now that you can get a 1,500-calorie, four-week 1,500-calorie diet meal plan. 2000 or 2500 for $9. That is it. That's all it costs to get one month worth of meal plants. Nine bucks. So basically, I think the vegan diet is great in the sense of if it gets you conscious about what we're eating, the inputs that go into creating meat, um, and from, you know, from an environmental view, I think it's great because we're realizing how much fruit and vegetables we do not eat. I think it's great because we're, it's opening our mind and our eyes to um, other ideas. There's so many more recipes out there now for how to mm-hmm. utilize whole grains and all the different grains that are out there. This is one of the things I love. I'm, I'm really passionate about whole grains. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they call them ancient grains. Um, some mm-hmm. of the grain, the whole grains we haven't seen in years, let alone even attempted to try. If you're going to do it to try new things, it's fantastic. Uh, whole grains such as, you know, we've seen wheat berries. We've seen uh, quinoa. We've seen all these different things. But what about amaranth? What about sorghum? All these type of really hearty, inexpensive types of whole grains that have a really great amount of protein in them. Um, try those type of things. So it's not just beans. It's not just tofu. It's not just all those what mm-hmm. I call fake meats or they call them analog meats. You know, getting more whole grains in there um, with fiber is really fantastic. So in summary, if it's going to make you eat more good stuff, go for great. it. Exactly. I think you're you're falling in line with what we have said on this podcast quite a few times, as well as what I believe heart of hearts. We're not saying that being vegan is bad. We're just saying that it's not the end all be all. And there's no reason to look down on someone who practices something else because you believe wholeheartedly in being vegan. The, the thing is, a lot of a lot of those documentaries, they, they they're taking people who eat a terrible diet already and then they're significantly making it better by incorporating more fresh fruits, vegetables, and, and, and grains. So, you know, you adding meat to that wouldn't take away from those benefits and taking it out wouldn't d- d- diminish them either. So I think yeah. the, the biggest thing is that you have to understand that there, there are many, many roles and many, many parts and being vegan may be beneficial for somebody and it may be beneficial to eradicate or uh, manage your diabetes. And that's great, but it's not the only way. So I think getting into the habit of of trying new things and and seeing what works for you so that you can kind of hone in on what works for you. The bottom line with diabetes, no matter what 
way you want to do it by eating more vegetables and fruit and eating less meat in that sense. What, you know, looking at going vegan, things like that. The main thing we look at is lower saturated fats because we know that diabetes, people that have diabetes have a higher tendency to get heart disease. Mm. So we're looking at the fats, good, healthy fats. We're looking at the good, healthy carbohydrates. Like we've been talking this whole time and good, healthy protein. So good, healthy protein is usually lower in those saturated fats. Am I saying don't have a prime rib every once in a while? No, I love my (laughs) prime rib. But what I'm saying is every once in a while. Um, I'm a meat and potatoes girl from the Midwest. So doing that whole vegan thing was a huge change. Anytime any of these documentaries make a huge overhaul, of course, it's going to get better. If you, the average American diet is fast food, how many times Mm -hmm. a week? If a ketchup and pasta sauce counts as a vegetable in certain amounts, then if our average is eating one to two fruits and vegetable servings a day and French fries count anytime we do better than that, you're going to feel better. So let's put that into perspective. That's why we loved watching those, uh, the biggest loser shows, because you took these people that clearly did not have a healthy diet and you completely cut them down to less than what was it? 1200 calories a day, portion cut sizing, very low salt, working out four to eight hours a day. Of course they're going to lose weight. And of course they're going to gain it back when they go back to a normal lifestyle. There was no, it has to be a lifestyle change. And you have to do it sustainable to you. That's why when these people are doing these like strict vegan diets and any type of strict diet, I'm not going to say vegan. I'm going to say something that is drastic change from what you're used to the ability for someone to adapt and sustain that is very difficult. We're not built like that mentally our resilience, when it comes down to resilience, to be able to do something like that for an extended period of time isn't there. What we do know is our ability to change is built on those stepwise processes we were talking about earlier. And that is how we make lifelong lifestyle change is by taking smaller goals to build up to that bigger goal. Absolutely. And that's the hard part. It's the hard part. And if there's anything that I want the listeners to to gain from this is you don't have to change everything at once. You just have to make very small, consistent changes. It could literally just be drinking an extra glass of water a day. And that's where we start. And then once you've mastered the extra water, then maybe you go to the next one. Once that that extra glass of water becomes habitual, then you can move on to the next one, but stop being in a rush to change everything because the quicker you change everything, the quicker you fall back. So just take very small incremental steps. It will be very much beneficial for you. Please people, please. My praying hand emojis. And and, and I think people also think that they got to change everything overnight. How many years did it take you to get there? Exactly. It's not going to happen overnight. You got to, people I think forget all the things that revolve around that one lifestyle change for you to get an extra glass of water in your day 
what things do you already have to shift in your day? It's not just sub, it's easy when it's at the base level of sw- swapping a pot, exactly. right? And soda for water, right? But then it tastes different because then your taste buds are changing. Then you realize how much you enjoy the caffeine. Then you exactly. realize how much you are emotionally shot by two o'clock. And that's why you want your, your Coke or your latte or whatever. So we have to be forgiving of ourselves, first of all, that we're human and we're not going to be able to make all these changes all at once. And we have to understand that to make that lasting behavior change, all these other things have to change. Here's a perfect example. My husband has to wake up because he makes our smoothies because it's the easiest way for us to get fruit in. He makes Mm -hmm. our smoothies every morning. The idea of waking up 15 minutes earlier seems simple until you add a toddler in there and a newborn in there and a barely slept night in there. That 15 minutes is golden. And I realize how important that is to me. And I'm thankful that he does it. But it's little (laughs) things like that that you're like, oh, we're going to make a smoothie. Well, we're going to make a smoothie, but we got to make sure we buy it. We got to make sure we have enough money to be able to buy expensive frozen fruits. Um, And there's a whole other thing that we could do in there, a podcast about how to make healthier changes on a budget like that. Um, But there's all these things that go into it. So to, if, if you're going to be super human, I would say choose one food goal and one move goal a week and that's it. So if you're going to add one more vegetable a day and walk five extra minutes or wake up a little bit earlier to get in the minimum exercise requirement to make change, right? Mm-hmm. Then do it. But don't don't expect to go vegan and cure your diabetes. <laughs> no, I understand that. That and that is that is crucial. It's, it, it is an ongoing process. And I think you have to understand how big of a deal the process is and fall in love with the process because it's no different than losing weight is no different than doing any of these health goals that you may have for yourself. It's a process. You're not going to lose all the weight that you gained in one week. You're not going to destroy it or fix it in one meal. So work on the consistency, work on taking the tips that Crystal has uh, has laid out. The, the three M's, move, meal plan, and Meditation. meditation and we threw and that fourth one in there motivation and motivation those and are the motivation's right here <laughs> so crystal i want to thank you for coming on the podcast uh we will have you on at least once a week i mean not once a week but once a month or every few months however the schedules work out uh because we just believe that you have so much valuable information and for everyone out there make sure you pick up one of crystal's uh meal plans they are amazing um packed with fruits and vegetables packed pack with fruits and ve- vegetables you don't have to do a lot of weighing and it is fit for your entire family so you can yes. work that out according to you and your family's needs so crystal thank you again for coming on to the podcast we really 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 appreciate you and you are an asset to the team and we're so thankful to have you around thank you very much <laughs> all, all right, right everybody you guys take care and this is it for the plus one. I'll be the people like us podcast. We'll catch you next time. Maybe Chef Roberto will have some cool stories about his trip that he's taken out with his chef buddies up to Northern California. He has all of my 
my uh, camera equipment. So let's see what he comes back with. So you guys take care. And as always, links in the descriptions, as well as the show notes at plusonecommunity.com. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the People Like Us podcast brought to you by plusonecommunity.com. We hope you learned something valuable to allow you to get a little bit healthier, have a little more fun for a little while longer. And if you did, be sure to share this with your friends, family, and colleagues. Also, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to so you don't miss an episode. And tell us what you think if you are inclined to do so. Thank you again. Take care and remember, if you are a person like us, we see you. Ciao.